This podcast is produced by Unedited. Let's not get it twisted. Like, we don't want people listening to this going, oh, yeah, once you get to that place, all mm. is well. But it's having that, mm. that, that peace, being at peace with the, the feelings, being at peace with the fact that some days are going to be wonderful and beautiful and, mm. and you're going to be grateful for every breath you take and some days you're going to be at rock bottom and, and, you, and you're not going to know what's going down so exactly. it's just you know riding those waves as, as mm. best you can hello and welcome to episode 156 of in the moment with me alex manzi and this is a podcast designed to help you find more clarity in your thinking stillness in your mind and ultimately experience a greater sense of happiness in your life And having been through my own battles with depression and anxiety, I decided to create a platform to challenge the way you think, open up your mind, and to invite you to live in the moment. And this week's episode really, really means a lot to me because not only do we cover some amazing topics, but it's also with my two best mates, Moz and Joe. And this is an episode really that I've wanted to be due for a while, but I've kind of been waiting for the perfect time to do it. And now I really felt like that time. You know, these are guys who we've witnessed each other grow, we've traveled together, we've laughed together, we've cried together. We've loved each other, we've hated each other, <laughs> we've worked on various projects together, and we've supported each other through the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. So this really, really is a special episode for me. And right now as well, Joe is taking part in an amazing fundraiser, which is close to both of our hearts, in which he's doing an indoor cycle covering the distance from Wimbledon to Saint-Tropez, all in support and aid of our friend and mentor, Ben, a wonderful man who has essentially played a really, really pivotal role in both of our lives. And we discuss this later on in the episode. So during this conversation, we spoke about the magic that happens when you just do something and leave all the thinking behind, being at peace with letting go, how facing up to adversary breeds excellence. And there's even a load of books which we discuss, which I've written up in the show notes for you. So the aim of this podcast is to inspire. So if you like what you hear in this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and spread the love. But right now, let's jump straight in and hear from Moz and Joe. How's lockdown been, boys? It's been cool, you know. Transition, pretty smooth. I mean, I work from home most of the time anyway, man. So, I mean, the only thing that's changed for me is traveling, obviously. It's been weird, like, being at home for so long. I haven't been at home this long for, like, yeah. maybe, I'd say, the best part of five, six years. But I don't miss it, to be honest with you. I'm privileged that I got to travel so much, but it is exhausting and, you know, challenging mentally and physically. So... Mm. Yeah, I'm feeling refreshed, to be honest with you. I feel like I'm productive. I feel like I'm, I'm working smarter than I was before. Very blessed to still be working, because I know a lot of people aren't. So that's important. Um, important caveat. Mm. But yeah, for the most part, it's been good, man. Being able to focus on things that I would not have been able to focus on otherwise and start projects, finish projects, learn shit that I hadn't had, you know, didn't have time to learn before. Picked up bits on the stock market, started to trade a little bit. I've always wanted to do that. Mm. I bought a, I'll show you. I bought a book to teach me how to basically do like lettering and like calligraphy. Oh, sick! Yeah, it's pretty sick, man. How how come? I've never yeah, it was nice. Uh, that's that's throw me that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like it makes sense though because you like designed like the original like SME logo when we had the blog and stuff. Yeah, like, you always it. had that kind of side to you in terms of like wanting to try that stuff but i wouldn't have had you down as trying to start to pick it up and like learn as well. look the way i see it is that i work with creatives all the time mm. and like i'm a creative myself but i'm more of like an ideas man and what you know i don't have is the ability to maybe like execute these ideas so mm. i'm trying to like add little skills to my locker um so 
Yeah, I just thought, you know what, you know, I appreciate the art so much. I appreciate graphic design, just creatives in general, what they're able to do. So, like, let me try and put myself in their shoes and mm. understand it a bit better. And also, you know, maybe get some ideas off on my own without having to rely on anyone else. Yeah, and I guess I've always found that, like, the more you can do those sort of things for yourself, like with me, like video editing and stuff, like when, when I was working with Joe at Grey, like I found that just by having a basic knowledge of video editing, I was able to articulate from a producer point of view mm-hmm. to the editor yeah. what it was mm-hmm. I was looking for. Definitely, man. It's crucial, man. Like even just I'm on page like I think I'm on I'm on day two. It's a hundred days. Mm-hmm. So like day one teaches you something as basic but um, really important as like the parts of a letter mm-hmm. and like what each part of the letter means. So like. For example, like I commissioned the logo. I commissioned like three logos lately, but it's always hard to articulate exactly what you want. I'd say like, oh, you know, the arch and the da 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 da. But like, there's terminology here which I can just open a page on and hopefully have remembered it in a few days' time. Yeah. And if not, just go back to it and say like, the the terminal is too thick. Can you make that thinner? Or do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, you're spot on. But you but you'll probably have a better sort of lexicon and uh, terminology. Um, an understanding of terms and terminology than the designers will. You know, the designers maybe more, yeah. more yeah. often than not just yeah. they, they just do they, it. They, yeah, they they that's their craft. Some of them may have learned it, but I, I guess you know a vast majority of them are self-taught and you know mm-hmm. acquired that skill over time. But it's still a fantastic thing, and it's exactly you know it's exactly the um, the mindset that you've always had is, mm. is to is to grow and learn and well and the mindset we've all had to to a certain degree. Well. Um, to a certain degree we've all had that intention to grow mm. and definitely, so. definitely man and just being able to speak different languages like communicate with you know different people and um get your point across um because mm. yeah like i'm you know i'm working on this agency that i've mentioned i think to both of you before where you know i want to represent creatives and work on campaigns and you know just put put things together as i do but you know get a bit more in depth with the creative and direction um so yeah, I just want to be able to add like a few little things, strings to my bow. Like, yeah. bought, bought a keyboard to like try and understand how <laughs> um, the basis of production works. Because again, mm-hmm. I can tell you what sounds good, but I can't mm-hmm. tell you why it's done. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what the chords are, what, what, yeah, yeah. what it is that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting because it's like for me, I, I sort of, at a, at a base level, I, I sort of pride myself in just feeling what's right and mm-hmm. just knowing what works and what, what, what you know, for whatever reason, you know, whether it's nurture or whether it's nature, if I look at something across di- different disciplines, whether it be gums or whether it be design or whether it be editing, I can just go, nah, yeah, yeah, nah. Mm-hmm. And people will be like, ah, no, nah, no, nah, you're right. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect and I don't get it 100% right, but, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, um, an element within me that is able to critique to the nth degree, the, mm. the little bits that make a difference to something being, you know, average or, or brilliant, which I, and, and it's something I've only learned to sort of appreciate in myself in the last maybe two or three years of going, mm. you know, this natural ability you have to know what is chef's kiss mm. is, uh, is, is, is a really, is a really um, positive thing. And then off that, right, take that and go, right, what can I now assimilate what can i learn to improve that natural skill that you, you know that that you have or that yeah. i have i agree man i think you know with that it's a blessing but also a curse because i think sometimes 
there's a danger and a fear that I've had of being like a jack of all trades. Mm. And, you know, it's all well and good having, you know, rounded um, opinions and being able to critique things because, you know, you can put yourself in different shoes and understand, you know, where that's come from and why it's appealing to. But yeah, I think just trying to like get deeper into that is important because I think it just adds more value to that opinion and you can quantify it. You can say, this is great because rather than Mm. saying this is great or this isn't great. So maybe you should try this. Whereas, you know, a lot of disciplines I might then maybe you as well would be like, yeah, it's just a feeling, but like, what is what, what is, is the it feeling? Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah no, why do you I, have that feeling? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I get that. And I guess maybe I'm underselling myself in that I do, you know, in let's say specifically in production or creative, I can articulate, you know, kerning or I can articulate yeah. editing, you know, all that sort of stuff. I can say, you know, that doesn't sit quite well mm. in the framing or whatever it might be. Let's nudge this frame over to the left or let's nudge that letter up a touch, you know. So in terms of that, I can. Music let's say when I'm producing um, as, a, as a TV film producer, that's a bit more difficult applying how to articulate why the music doesn't work because I'm not a music man. I just mm-hmm. go, mm, that's not quite right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with my limited um, knowledge and understanding around how to describe music, you know, I can't get it quite right. So mm. it's... Um, so that's, that's, yeah, that's perhaps an interesting thing yeah. for me but to I think explore in the future. That's, that's where it does. It comes down to like, if you start exploring down that route, you can then understand more about it. It's like for me, like obviously the whole journey I'm on at the minute is I'm trying to learn more about different philosophies, religions, way of thinking, way of living, different, you know, diet cultures, different whatever. And the more that I can take on board and the more that I can understand, the more I can piece together the things that, I fundamentally understand work for me and whether that's taking something from Buddhism or Taoism or, you know, whatever, or taking something from uh, a vegan culture or from how people do things in South America, or, you know, it's taking these little bit of elements and understanding them and broadening. It's like opening up your blinkers, isn't it? To like, not just being like narrow, but opening them more broad so that you can see more things and have more possibility to then utilize as like, it's like adding things to your toolbox, your toolkit, isn't it? (laughs) Bigger canvas to paint on. Exactly. And more paints to use. That as well. I've got paints here, mate. Well, not paints. <laughs> He's got it all. Pens. <laughs> He's got it. To be honest, so do I. So do I. So do I. I've got some whiteboard felt markers I'm not, that count. I'm, I'm not, it's not me using them, to be fair. It's, oh, okay. It's, it's Brie for the, uh, for the emojis. But I was sick. I was sick. So what's, 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 what have you guys been learning in lockdown then other than just like very practical stuff? Have you, I, I found that like I'm being faced with a lot of time <laughs> with myself. So I'm like facing up to a lot of things about me that help me kind of like see different sides of myself in terms of like, why do certain things frustrate me when they do? Why do certain things, why do I enjoy doing certain things when I do? Why do I, you know, why can I not sit still and just be for more than 10 minutes when I meditate? And why can I find time to do that? not literal time time but like finding space to do that like in a normal day like i'm facing up to all these different things which has been pretty fascinating because you're 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 being put into a into a challenge by just being (laughs) being in the same space in the Mm. same walls 24 hours a day so what about joe what have you been learning um what have i been learning um so i i 
so I work in advertising, I'm a producer. And um, we closed the office about a week before um, nationwide lockdown, national lockdown, official lockdown. Um, and to be honest, I was really, you know, you know, God forbid the situation and, and you know, it's, it's dire. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people suffering, and, you know, and, um, you know, God rest the souls of the people who have suffered and, and thank you to our, um, our key workers and, and the NHS. Um, but for someone like me in my position, privileged enough, you know, I st- of course I still have my struggles, but privileged enough to have been able to keep a job mm. up until a point um, for about two weeks. And then I was furloughed. I expected to be furloughed because I was coming to the end of a production. I didn't have any other jobs coming in. Um, and so I preempted it. And so I was ready. And I think that's why, you know, I started to set up the office. I really was looking forward to taking control of my life in the way I wanted to. Um, and so when I was furloughed, I was like, wicked. I can just focus on myself now. This is absolutely brilliant. See, that thing just fell down. <laughs> what, what, what was it? It was like, <laughs> saw my course, though. Just fell <laughs> I stood, he was sitting down and I stood him up. And then he <laughs> Brilliant. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no worries. And then, um, so yeah, got furloughed. Uh, and then I just spent what we know, I think we're on week five or week six. Six, I think. Is this week six, which is the end of saying. Yeah. And I just, I just immersed myself in creating an environment, first of all, creating an office in the spare room, you know, um, that made me comfortable, that would allow me to do the things I wanted to do. Um, and then I just decided to start consuming and learning mm. and picking up the things like you were saying earlier in the conversation, things that we don't necessarily have uh, a time for on a day to day. And, you know, again, I know a lot of people suffer from anxiety and apprehension in situations like this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm my mother's primary carer and I understand. So, and she's in a, she's, you know, one of the vulnerable people in these situations. And so I do have that added pressure, but outside of that for myself, I I felt like I was able to thrive over the past six weeks because Mm. it's given me space, you know, irrespective of when I was at work and now I'm not being at work again, which is a blessing, you know, um, to be able to give myself the time to learn expand my mind pick up all sorts of interesting things and then which we'll talk about later go on to do you know this this charity fundraiser which i wouldn't have been able to do if i was furloughed or it would have been actually would have been a lot harder to do if Mm. i was furloughed perhaps i would have would have uh, made more excuses not to do it Mm. because i wouldn't have given myself the time but actually one of the main things i've learned is just do and i think you know I've been a perfectionist in so many different ways for for the majority of the time. We've known each other as, as best friends, the three of us. And what's been really satisfying about me doing the fundraiser is that I'm just, I just did it. And I just, you know, I, I was like, it was blinkers on. How can I do this? This is what I need. I need to get a bike. You know, God bless you, Moz, for sorting that out for me. I need to get an indoor bike. Got that. You know, I luckily had all the gear because I was, uh, I was, I bought a bike because I'd been furloughed. So I was like, right, I got a bike through the cycle to work scheme. So everything just fell together um, at the right time. And I just started it and that was it, you know, and, I, and I'm also blessed that I had people around me that could help 
facilitate, you know, being a facilitator myself, I love to give and I'm blessed that actually that, that what I give to people is reciprocating. So, you know, I was able to do, you know, an animation for it. I was able to get an illustrator for it. And of course it's a wonderful cause. So people, are, you know, are open their hearts to it, but to be able to have turned it around within a week, a week or yeah, a week, five or seven days with, um, of coming up with the idea, I had, you know, no training, no previous experience as a cyclist. Mm. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And do you know what? There isn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't even think about the format or anything. It just organically grew. And each day it's become a thing. And, you know, mm. you, you guys have seen it. There's catchphrases. There's, <laughs> you know, there's certain times that people do stuff. People lock in and wait for certain things. You know, we've got our emojis and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. You know what I'm saying? And obviously the most important energy, 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 energy. energy. So, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, and obviously, you know, we've got to, we've got to represent the fam, la familia. So there we go. Keeping it straight. And shout out to my Niger crew as well. Done know the done know. Thank you to the prop connoisseur, aka Bada Bree Bada Boom, aka Wifey Rhythm. So, you know, all of these things, they didn't exist two weeks ago. 14 days ago, everything I've just said to you in the last 10 seconds did not exist. And now these are things that exist in people's hearts and minds and on a daily basis are entertaining them, bringing them joy, bringing them love, bringing them security. And of course, raising money for, for a beautiful cause. And you know what? It's just been so humbling for myself to, to be in a position to, to do that for, 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 for Ben. And again, we'll go into it later. But to, to realise that people, um, it's not me taking from people. People are actually so um, taken aback by what they're taking from it. Mm. That, you know, and, I, and it's just mind-blowing that people are going... You know what, I live on my own and I've been finding it really difficult and just to know you're there in the background or for me to, you know, those three and a half hours are escapism for me and that love and positivity that the energy crew mm. and everyone in that room is bringing is, is incredible. So that's probably, yeah, that is easily the best thing I've learned. It's just mm. sometimes you just got to do and the rest will come. You know, yeah, when it's you're, amazing, isn't it? When, yeah. your intention is, when your intention is right, there's yeah. no doubt it will come. And of course, there's been some bits that have flopped and there's been some bits that have gone wrong and there's been some bits where I've been knackered. But, you know, what's come out of this is just absolutely mind-blowing, beyond, beyond belief. Mm. So, yeah. so I, find it, I find it amazing like how when you remove all of the normal stuff that stops you from doing anything, the thinking, the worry, the fear, the questions, the planning, the scheduling, the duh, the duh, the duh, the duh, like, and you just do something... Mm. it's so amazing like how much you can actually physically capably give and do and create in that from that space and i think we forget that we forget that that space that we operate from like you said the uh the intention if it's pure if it's good towards the thing then everything just happens it just falls into place and hearing you explain it like that i hadn't even i hadn't even seen it myself that way i just been seeing you uh, like unfold this thing not realizing like not even thinking like geez this this wasn't even an idea like three weeks ago <laughs> yet all this stuff has happened around it. And, you know, we will go into more detail because it's obviously something very close to both of us, all three of us. So yeah, man, it's just, I think it's fascinating how that, that, that space to create and operate and do things and to live from just in general, like when you remove all of those elements of thought of fear of et cetera, et cetera, like so much happens because you open yourself up to like 
just receiving more, you know? Yeah. Um, funny you say that. So I'm reading this book. Um, <laughs> Here he is. <laughs> Did you not? Was he, is here's, he, one he, I, here's one I prepared <laughs> earlier. This was... It's just pre- pre- I man, swear to God. Hey, you lot did a little practice run before before I got here, innit? Come no, on. I was just doing. This is what happens when you just do, man. Shout out the universe. Mm. I, I started the 50th law last night. You know, um, it's the 50 cent version. 50 cent with um, um, yeah. 40 laws, yeah. whatever it is. Yes, yes. Um, so I read the original and then I saw the 50 cent one on there. So I thought, let me try that. I was basically like reading stuff that was just too heavy before bed. And I thought mm-hmm. this is a little kind of a little bit more light um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah literally first chapter um introduction the statement goes so overview is the greatest enemy a man can have and that is fear i know some of you are afraid to listen to the truth you've been raised on fear and lies but i'm going to preach to you the truth until you're free of that fear malcolm x mm. i read that in bed last night so mad um can't really write that time in yeah I've lost Joe's vocal. What's happened? I muted myself. I Maybe. said, yeah, there you go. Shouts to the universe. I'm just looking for a, uh, yeah, it is Seneca. Like, so, we, you know, we've, um, you know, over the last four, five years, actually, do you know what? Without realizing I was into stoic philosophy mm. and then I became, and then, you know, as I sort of immersed myself in it a little bit more, I realized, you know, I'd been interested in stoic philosophy, you know, um, Seneca and the ilk. And, um, one of the one of the um, you know mantras or philosophies that I, I, I stumbled across from Seneca the other day was um, was um, adversary or excellence withers without adversary, and I really I really felt that I really mm-hmm. felt that because I didn't see adversary as a wholly negative thing, but I saw and understood adversary as being something in front of you. Mm-hmm. What is the challenge? It doesn't matter. The challenge doesn't have to defeat you. It's just, what am I taking on that is going to make me excellent? And without that adversary, you just live in a mundane existence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that really, it really struck a chord with me during this period, especially that, you know, cause I was wondering, you know, why, why am I, able to you know dig deep and why i'm able to do something as a complete novice and an amateur that a lot of people are just going are you like this is mad how are you how are you doing this and it's because i have an adversary and that and i know what that adversary is and i'm, I'm and i want to beat it and so yeah it's um i don't know why i come up with that but yeah Nice, perfect transition. Nice. It's basically nice. what the rest of that chapter touched on yeah. yes that was it we were talking about fear yes yeah. yes yes okay Cool, lovely segue. <laughs> what about you then, Moz? Like, what's been coming up for you, like learnings-wise, personal learnings? Um, personal learnings. I haven't as had as much time because I have been fortunate enough to be working the whole time, mm-hmm. and I'm arguably busier than I actually was before, mm-hmm. albeit different type of busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, going back to meditation, you know, every two three days um, a week. Um, pick that back up just to like you know give that underlying sense of like calm amongst what is you know a pretty mad time um, yeah I just felt like I needed to just go back and have that foundation um, yeah I'm, I mean not a great deal of like kind of self 
self-help slash self-awareness. Um, I'm pretty, I feel like I'm pretty good at that anyway. You know, I've mm. done a lot of reading, as you know, from years ago, man. Um, so I feel like I've given myself a good foundation on that. And then more than anything, it's just been about having a time to like plan out the next steps in my life, my career and um, fine tune, I guess, what my vision is and, and where I want to go. I think, you know, we can all get lost in the doing. Um, whereas, you know, the extra time that I've been afforded, I'm now able to like sit down and plan. Whereas normally I'd be like in the moment, I'd be like traveling, I'd be going to shows, I'd be touring, I'd be, you know, going and taking meetings. Whereas now all of those things have gone. I'm working, executing, and then the time that I would have spent traveling, I've now got to sit down and go, okay, cool, right? You know, where am I taking my business? What do I want to work on next? Um, how does that look in five, 10 years? Mm-hmm. And just starting to like shape that journey a bit. And, you know, part of that has been, you know, following on what jo- from what Joe was saying, you know, sitting on ideas for, for too long, um, being victim of that forever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like I execute enough but i could always do more you know if you go through like my ideas notepad in my phone i've got like a thousand and one things that i should have done and could still do but some of them you know the, the ship mm. sailed um but yeah um just a couple of things that are now like you know coming to fruition because i've got the time to actually sit down and say cool let's execute that let's do it and i think the last few weeks i've been able to just focus on like a few personal projects and then still be lucky enough to like you know get paid every month and be working mm. yeah so and how, how do you find the focus then in between like all the different ideas because you know we're all we're all the same man there's you know we're we connect for a reason man because we're all very similar in, in the sense that we are ideas people mm. we've constantly got ideas we've constantly hit each other up about ideas we've constantly worked on ideas together some that have come to fruition some that were just one-off some that you know whatever it may be like how do you how do you find the focus in that? Which ones to give attention to over others? Um, I'm a big believer in um, just letting things flow. And then that's always been quite a beautiful way of things just popping up naturally. You know, I sit on stuff for a long time and there's stuff that I could probably execute and take the initiative on and actually go out and do it that I haven't done. But then the other side of that coin is, you know, I think I let ideas marinate and then by a process of elimination or just the universe aligning, it always feels like it's in my favor. Mm-hmm. And the stars often align for, for, you know, whatever it is that I've had in my mind. Um, you know, as a, as a good example, I've been sat on this kind of company slash brand for a long time. And like I had the name, finally commissioned the logo at the start of this lockdown, because I was like, well, I'm going to be in lockdown. Like, <laughs> might as well get this cracking. I'm going to have time on my hands. So I got the logo commissioned. And um, essentially what I'm going to do is I'm going to just build a creative house, like an in-house team and, you know, bring in like designers, videographers, uh, animators, etc., and represent them. And then also, you know, build out a team where I can um, rely on for like in-house projects for like mm-hmm. my own artists and my own label, but then also outsource. Um and yeah, like the stars just like aligned in the last couple of weeks. For example, Mo, who's like a very old friend and like, has done a lot of work for me on J Prince projects. We just connected because I was like, look, I started to identify the people that I want on my side and, you know, I want to build this like almost like Avengers kind of yeah. um, team. And then I started to think more about, you know, who those people were. And, like, you know, again, I'd written these people down a long time ago. So I went back to it. 
he was like top of the list. And then I just reached out to him and, and, you know, we just spoke very briefly and like, you know, gave him a top line of my idea and my concept. And he replied straight away and was like, bro, like, I can't believe that you just messaged me. I was literally yesterday thinking about how I take my next steps in my company and do, mm. do I need representation and how does that look? He's like, literally like last night I was thinking about this and I was like, amazing. So then we jumped on a call, went through everything. And then like, it's beautiful because it's at a time where as well, like a matter of days later, his artwork is going viral on the internet. Yeah. He's done a Kalani animation. It's like, gone insane it's like on the fader like everyone's posted it um and it just like you can't write stuff like that do you know what i mean like, i've been sat on this idea for for months and years and i've known him for a long time as well but it just so happened that you know in the week or the days that have passed we've spoken about it and it couldn't have been a better time for any of us whereas maybe if i approached him a few months or years prior it wouldn't be in the right time and there's just so many things that you can't really even account for so I think there's just an important balance of like taking action, but also, you know, trusting, mm. trusting the journey and trusting the, the time of it. But mm -hmm. also being aware, brother. And yeah. I, I think that's, that's a gift that we have is, is being aware and being grateful. So mm -hmm. knowing what those moments are, knowing what could have been, what couldn't have been mm. and appreciation, appreciating the, uh, the nuances between those moments. That's, that's what's a real gift, you know. We could, we could be moving through life without realising the blessings that we're, begin, we're being given. Um, and we could be moving through life just lamenting all the, the shit that happens, all the mm. shit that we, all the things yeah. that we think are shit. And I think, yeah. again, that's, that's the stuff, that, that's the bit where I'm so grateful to, for, you know, for the, the mindset I've been blessed with I'm grateful to for my relationship with the universe, my and my spiritual relationship, mm. um, which is interestingly another thing. I know a lot of people have been finding prayer over the past couple of months, and mm. it's I, you know, I've always been spiritual and I've always had an interesting, interesting relationship with God, but. I can't lie to you. I've been praying, and the prayers have been coming. I can't lie to you, and it's an incredible feeling. Um, okay. it's, a, it's a scary one as well because, you know, being an agnostic person, you know, a spiritual agnostic, it's quite, um, it's quite over, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's quite overwhelming. It's quite overwhelming when you start to connect like, again, I've always felt like I'm connected to the universe and I've always seen the blessings that have been coming and the, and the serendipity in those beautiful moments. But I just, yeah, again, just during this period, especially these last three, four weeks, where you just, I, I look at everything and I go, wow, not only have I been able to do something because of the situation I found myself in, but now I, I, asked, for, I, I asked for this or I prayed for this or... I connected to this spiritually and you know the signs that I asked for are coming in all manner of ways and guises hey listen it's all mad but I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful I'm grateful yeah. it's and, funny yeah. man it's because it's like I, I feel like this whole period I think what a lot of people will get out of this no matter the uncertainty no matter the what's going on in each person's individual life it's like there is a certain element of having to trust that it's going to work out because it is going to work out, but you have to, there's a lack of control within that. So we, we're having to learn how to 
deal with that letting go of the control of wanting things to work out and just letting it work out, you know, because we, there's, there's nothing we can do other than what we're doing in our own homes at the minute, you know, mm. and that's, that's tough. That's a tough realization. But I think, you know, you boys know that I haven't always been this way inclined spiritually. I was probably at the other end of everything being like, everything happens for a reason, like being a realist, like da, 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 not wanting to, like, I used to take the piss out of you two for like always talking about the universe and stuff. But it's like, once you learn to like, actually, that's just, that's just you trying to keep control of things. Mm. And you know, that was in the period of my life where I was probably at my, at my worst without even knowing it. Mm. And I was trying to keep an element of control because maybe deep down I did know what I was going through, but I hadn't recognized it. So I wanted to control everything to make sure that I was doing what I could. But in fact, it's the letting go process mm. that sets you free. Because like sometimes mm-hmm. holding on to something causes more pain and effort than letting go does in the end, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think that's been one of the biggest like learnings for me, man. It's just like, it's cool, man. Just let's just let everything go in this space. Let everything go. Let's just focus on the things that are important to me right now, which is me, number one. Number two, making sure my family's safe and well. And then number three, trusting that everything that I'm trying to do and want to do is going to play out. And whether that plays out over six months, six years, 60 years, I don't know. But I can trust in it. Yeah. It's been like really like, you know, like, like a release. Like, yeah, like a release, yeah. like a weight, yeah. you know? Yeah. But don't yeah. get me wrong, there's still days where I'm like, oh my God, I have so much to do. I have to do this. I have to of do course, that. I was going to say, now, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I was going to say exactly the same thing. Let's not get it twisted. Like, we don't want people listening to this going, oh yeah, once you get to that place, all mm. is well. But it's having that, mm. that, that peace, being at peace with the, the feelings, being at peace with the fact that some days are going to be wonderful and beautiful and, mm. and you're going to be grateful for every breath you take and some days you're going to be at rock bottom and, and, you, and you're not going to know what's going down so exactly. it's just you know riding those waves as, as mm. best you can you know we all have different temperaments and we all have different capacities but you know if we can continue to try and find the 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 beauty in all of those moments you know like we you know like we're going to say again you know excellence requires adversary Mm. man like Seneca so it's um yeah it's it's yeah and let's 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 not pretend that we all don't have tough days like we we do you know of course man it's it's, and it's again it's the awareness of it it's an awareness of Mm. actually I'm not at my best today and you know what that's totally fine man like last Mm. not this week so last week Monday I was so off I was just so off like energetically I just didn't know what it was I just didn't I couldn't focus on anything. I was just low on energy, low on vibe. Had my lunch and I was like, do you know what? I'm going to have a two hour nap and I'm mm. fine with that. I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't need to make myself feel guilty because I haven't achieved anything in those two hours. Cause what I've achieved is actually listening to myself and what my body is telling me I need to be doing. And I never nap. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm. I never nap. Mm. Mm. So I just tuned into that and I thought, what's that? What's going to happen? Nothing. What's mm. going to happen if I, if I don't listen to my body is I'm going to carry on with this conflict of my day that's going on of like something doesn't feel right. Something is telling me that today is not a good day. But I can accept that. I can be fine with that, you know? Yeah, that, bal- that balance is key, man. Just knowing that, you know, obviously there's, there's social pressures and, you know, we've got, you know, roles and jobs to upkeep. But at the same time, you've got to take time to look after yourself and you strike a balance in anything, you're going to be good, man, whether it's, you know, um, 
your relationships, your own personal relationship with yourself, you know, work, finances, like balance is just everything, man. You've got to find that middle ground. It's, it's, I think it's like the challenge of life, man, is finding balance in everything you do. Hmm. When you hit that sweet spot, and you're laughing, but you know, mm. it's a challenge, man. Those scales are like always moving. Exactly. That sweet spot's not always consistent, man. Nah, it's like nah, that man. thing of like, no life way. is like, life is up and down like this. Like mm-hmm. It's up and down like this, like a heartbeat. And a heartbeat, when it's going up and down like this, indicates you're alive. But when it's flat, it means you're dead. And when life True is say. flat like that, you're not feeling nothing. You're not experiencing anything. You have to experience life, yep. the highs and the lows, you know? 100%. I fully agree, man. As do I. And just a quick question for you, Moz. How how has your health been mm. when um, now you you sort of are letting it heal and relax? Because you know you, you you we often find that you come back on your travel from your travels across yeah. the globe. Ill, yeah, <laughs> and you know it, it worries me often because you you come yeah. back very tired, you come back very lethargic, and you go for extended periods where you're unwell. How have you found being able to rest your body? It's been nice. Very nice. Um, you know, I think I just I suffer from jet lag. I suffer, suffer from chronic sinusitis. So, like, being on planes, that's just, like, recipe for disaster. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just not a vibe. But it's just been nice, to be honest with you. Again, like, you know, take nothing away from the fact that I'm blessed and lucky to see the world and to travel that much as I do. But um, it has been very nice just sitting in one place at one time. And I think it was long overdue, much needed. Um, I think I'm going to travel less moving forward, you know, be more selective with how I travel and, um, yeah, but you know me, man, for the most part, like, I focus on my health so much anyway. So, I mean, it's like business is normal, albeit there's less challenges. So, you know, it's great. You know, I get to rest and recover. Um, you know, like you said, find a balance, man. Some days if I'm feeling tired, man, I work from bed, <laughs> pull out my laptop, you know what I mean? <laughs> And my missus will come in and be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, that's just working, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't have to get up. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, as long as I execute what I need to execute in that day, like, that doesn't make me lazy. It doesn't make me any less of a businessman. Mm-hmm. I just happen to be working from my bed or from the sofa on my phone instead of in my office. Um, mm-hmm. You know, taking that extra time to just, you know, refresh and, yeah, man, just strike that balance, man, and it's key. And it just, it, it just makes me grateful, man. It makes me grateful to have like the house that I have, the separation I have to be able to like go into my office and, and like if I need to get my head down or I can just go and sit in the living room and pull out my laptop and, and work from there. Like, you know, not many people can do that, man. Like I said, I'm still working, man. I'm still getting paid every month and I've still mm. got my business running. And, you know, that is such a blessing because right now there's people who inevitably are indoors with, you know, they're struggling, man. They have, they've got no objectives. They've got mm-hmm. no no money coming in, no purpose. Um, you know, even my mum, like, you know, she wasn't working for the first, I think, three, four weeks. She was like, it's driving me crazy. Like, I don't know. And I'm like, I get it, but I don't get it at the same time. But, you know, it gives you purpose, right, at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Um, and, you know, I, I place varying degrees of importance on that. You know, I think it's very important to have a career and, and a purpose. But then also, if that will disappear tomorrow, like, you know, who are you? What? You know, what's your foundation? What is that? Um, whereas some people, I think, go too far one way or the other. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed, man. I'm feeling good. It's good, man. It's nice to hear. <laughs> Mate, so there was a, there's a book I bought in a charity shop a few years ago. It's um, 
I think it's by the philosopher Russell Bertrand and it's called In Praise of Idleness. Mm. And it's basically, he wrote this, I can't remember if he wrote it, I think he wrote it pre-World War One. if I'm right. This is, I'm just pulling this wow. out of the top of my head, but he wrote it pre-World War One, And it was a very forward-thinking intention, which was he was a proponent of, at that point, you know, this is post-industrial revolution, Britain, and, you know, people are grafting the most they've ever grafted in their lives. And he was a proponent already at that point of the four-day week and the importance mm. of idleness and the mm. importance of let, like human nature being to allow the mind to settle mm-hmm. and do nothing and be still mm-hmm. in whatever and meditate in whatever capacity that was, whether it was gardening, whether it was sleeping, whether it was reading a book. And um, I didn't finish it. It's disappeared. I was actually looking for it the other day. I don't know where it's gone because it, it felt like an apt book for me to pull out again during this period mm. of just, you know, but yeah, Bertrand Russell in uh, in Praise of Idleness. I'll try and dig it out, but it's uh, it's it's, um, it's not a tome. You know, it's only a thin book, but it's a, it's a nice essay on the importance of being still. And this, again, written pre, you know, post-Industrial Revolution and pre-World War. Wow. And, and already, you know, there were there were, some of the great minds were already seeing that we were falling into this trap of finding too much importance in work. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I guess in our intuitive nature, isn't it? To be still, that's like our, that's our base level function <laughs> is to just be, you know, I know we, we were speaking about the doing before, but it's like the being is like, like as important. Like if you can't just be, then how can you do something? You know, we're, we're ultimately we're human beings. We're not human doings. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I read a book recently called The Tower of Physics, and it was it's actually really good. I'm I'm gonna send it to both of you. It's quite a heavy read at times, but it's basically the, the the woman who writes it. She's a physicist, and she makes comparisons between what modern physics is trying to figure out and understand about atoms and all these you know crazy particles and stuff, and what they do and how they incorporate each other and how they work together to kind of make this world that we live in exist versus what the ancient mystics have always intuitively known and understood it's man blew my head apart man it was like wow like geez it's like you know you've got these really the smartest guys in the world these brains you know elon musk type people who are trying to figure out you know all of these things about the universe and the world and you know why certain particles react in certain ways of each other and how they interact and then you've got, you've like, got some guy going, air is water. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You've got some, some mystic, you've got like a Dalai Lama sat in a hill somewhere just being like, yeah, I understand it all, man. <laughs> I don't know why I'm in tune with it and I don't know how it works or why it works, but I understand that it does work and that's, that's as important and it's, it was fascinating. And it's like, yeah. Well, you've said it, you've said it, you've said it live, this is recorded, so we'll let everyone know when we receive our copies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say, this. we might have to write a book list after this. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. What are you reading at the minute, Joe? I know Moz is reading his 50 Cent book and his Illustrator book. Uh, mate, I'm, I'm not reading anything at the moment. Um, I did, uh, I, 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 I bought a book. The most recent book I bought was called, is called um, How to Think Like a White Man. Which is... Nah. A, I'm not your stereotypical. <laughs> no, no, you know that. You know that. Yeah, I'm joking. It's a satirical look at the success of you know the white male mm. in, in society, um, and it's. I guess it's 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 the the whole book is a hundred percent true, but it takes on it takes on a satirical edge, I guess, to soften it a little bit because you know we're all very familiar with um, you know the. Um, 
the globalization, the capitalism and the colonialism mm -hmm. um, by, by the white man, unfortunately. Um, so that I did buy that book, but then obviously this fundraising took over. So I, I will pick that up. And then I, I subscribed to The Economist and I subscribed to Time magazine and they've been coming through and I just haven't had a moment to sit down mm. and, and, and catch up with them over the last three or four weeks. So, um, yeah, it's just, yeah. So nothing at the moment, but there's, yeah, there's a, there's a load of books I'm going to read on the other side of this. A lot of them are going to be to do, I guess, at this point with us uh, on one hand spirituality and I think on the other hand, Pan-Africanism. Um, mm, nice. So, yeah. I've got a bunch of those in my... Uh, yeah, of course he has. <laughs> <laughs> I got the spiritual side covered if you want it. Of course he has. Man, like... Have you, do you know what you're going to read? Because I'm curious. Mamba Moz, who, me? Yeah. What am I going to read? Yeah, hold on, hold on. Give me two seconds. I'll be back. All Let right. me get you. He's... <laughs> That's I, love the, I love that, that, that the, the Afro-Italiano. <laughs> <laughs> I need some of those as well because I've got the spiritual side covered and like, I was looking at my bookshelf, spiritual side, like mindset side. I've been reading a physics book, a philosophy book, all of that side. I need more culture stuff, man, to be honest. That's where I'm lacking mm. on my bookshelf is the cultural stuff. Yeah, you've got to have a balance, man. Yeah. I just don't, I don't like to go too heavy into, um, you know, like self-help and spirituality. I think yeah. you need to balance it out. Run. Yeah, yeah. That's, but that's why I mix it up with the philosophy stuff and other stuff like that because it kind of mm. brings it into 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 a realm. I was reading a book, right? It's called um, The Dream of Reason, and it's it's basically the history of different philosophies from like pre like Socrates and Plato up until like the Renaissance. It's it's a heavy read, man. It's heavy, mm. like really heavy read, like but it's super interesting. Like it's actually like even just understanding like the way that they approach their styles of philosophy, like it's like from Arist Aristotle to like Plato, Socrates, it's like, I haven't got any further than that yet in terms of the timeline, but it's just like, wow, man. And how like the very first people like Pythagoras, like they were more like math based, obviously, and like looking at numbers in the universe. And then there was like one guy, can't remember his name. He was like more in tune with like nothing. Everything is nothing. There is nothing mm -hmm. that exists. Wow. And it's just like, it's just, it's crazy, like to see, like even back then, like, you know, BC, whatever, like what they were thinking about. So that's been, that's been a, a, a interesting read, even though it's a bit heavy. Yeah. That sounds incredible, man. Yeah. It's really good. Joe, what have you got? So next on the list, so obviously think like a, like a white man, mm -hmm. um, which I just mentioned. And then if you, if you guys know, if you work in central London or you go around central London by Oxford, Oxford Street Station, Oxford Circus Station, mm -hmm. um, there's a couple of brothers, a couple of Rastas there who sell yeah, yeah. African books. Mm. So I picked up a couple of them um, off them. And these are really sort of um, limited edition runs, really, really difficult books to get. Um, so one of the books I picked up from them was The Destruction of Black Civilization, mm. um, which is obviously in the title, uh, Great Issues of Race from 4,500 BC to 2000 AD. So <clears throat> we'll pick that up. Um, and then similar, similar rhetoric, decolonizing the African mind. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, generations upon generations of colonization, whether Arab or, or European. Um, and then finally, just a little bit lighter, um, um, interesting, 
is uh, the Ijeshas and Nigerians. Uh, and this is about um, my tribe, the Yoruba tribe, Nigerian tribe. Um, and I don't, I didn't know my mom. I never, I, for 32 years, I'd never seen this book in my mom's library. <laughs> And then all of a sudden it just popped up and I was like, this is amazing because, you know, I remember, I don't know if you guys remember about probably when I was about, when we were like 22, 23, maybe when I just started a grade, I really wanted to make a documentary about my, my heritage, my lineage, you know, being, um, being the grandson of an Oba, you know, a, a Yoruba king uh, of, in Lesha. So, you know, this in itself is a, you know, a historical, um, a, an historical guide to, to the, to Elisha and the Jesha people. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be going through that as well. So yeah, there's a few books to come. And, and finally I'll be re- reading Ben's books, you know, Wimbledon, um, Standing in Lion and, and I'll re- be rereading Mediterranean Homesick Blues as well. Mm. Yeah. Timely. Do, do you want to then talk a bit about what you're doing at the minute and what you've been doing the last couple of weeks doing? I will do. I just want to know what uh, Pan-Africa books was. Has got. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, hit us up. Goodness. Um, <laughs> all right. So in my to read list, um, I mean, this one's pretty obvious why well, I'm no longer talking to white people about race. I've mm-hmm. heard good things about that. Mm-hmm. If you've read them, please interject. And then I, I have read them. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I thought, I think Rennie Edo Lodge is a fantastic uh, writer and she encapsulated everything brilliantly about being a uh, uh, black and British and what our experience is with racism. It just, for me, the final section, let's call it the final quarter, just sort of tapered off a little bit and wasn't as impactful and rounded as I would have hoped it would have been. Cause the rest of the first three quarters of the book were fantastic and nailed for me, nailed every experience I, I'd ever had as, uh, you know, being a black male in, in Britain. Um, mm. But a hundred percent worth a read. Very, very necessary read. Okay, good. Um, what else we got? Bear with me. Uh, David Olusoaga, Black and British, Forgotten History. Yeah, absolutely fantastic book. That's a big one, mate, and it's going to take you time. Is it? Um, um, he's also got uh, David Olusoaga. So he's a, he's a British um, Nigerian historian, mixed race, um, incredible historian. He uh, has written another chunky one called black and british which i've got so if at any point you want to borrow that or we can do a book swap or whatever um and that's a kindle there you go all right keeping it compact um black and british is fantastic because it literally starts from the story of the first or the oldest remains to be found in the britain Mm. and the oldest remains to ever be found in britain so however many five thousand bc or whatever are the remains of a black person shock yeah so you know and then it goes so that's that's it starts at that point and (laughs) takes us through the history of black people from that so you know the first from what we know the earliest settlers in britain or what we now know today in britain were sub-saharan so another fantastic read nice um i've got a couple more yeah um a Carla's book, obviously. Mm. Yeah, Natives, fantastic. Natives, that's it. Mm. And where was the thing? There's one more. I've got a library full of shit that I just I download and then yeah, hmm. to pick up. Yeah, as yeah, yeah, I do. Mm. 
uh, I can't find the email. I think that's it for now. Okay, no, that's, a, that's a good. That's a good selection, mate. That will keep you busy for sure. Mine aren't as deep as that, but I'm going to definitely look into them. But I've got, I just bought uh, Rich's book, his Rapphology, which I think would be fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Stormzy book, I haven't, I haven't even opened a page on that yet. Just bought it out when it came out. I, I didn't know either of them had books out. Mm. Um, what, what, what's a 30 second blurb on, on both? Stormzy one, I don't, I don't know. I actually don't know. Okay. <laughs> I just heard it was good, so I bought it. Right, so I'm also right. interested in Stormzy's career. Mm-hmm. obviously you know through one extra stuff played a part in his career as well so it's like mm-hmm. I wanted to read more about it but the, the retron is is a bit like uh, Jay-Z's Decoded from what I understand where he's like breaks he's like laid out his lyrics and stuff and his stories behind the lyrics and the kind of journey mm. and he, you know he's a very introspective dude like very mm-hmm. interesting guy like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like when I chat to him now we always have like really fascinating combos so I was mm. like yeah this is the book and I had this book like oh, it's so funny right I bought this book like ages ago on pre-order when it came when it was like coming out I got an email like, oh, the, the book will arrive in August 2020. Like, what? This book came out in like November or something. I was like, what? Mm, mm. Why is it taking that long? And then I went back, I was messaging him the other day because I was like, he always posts up pictures of people who have like screenshotted it and put it on their story. I was mm. like, bro, I still haven't got mine. And he was like cracking up. And I was like, I'm going to look now. So I looked on Amazon. It was like, arrive in September 2021. And he was like, what? That's mad. He's like, have you had a word of him? I was like, no. Nah. So I went in, back into Amazon to have a look. And I clocked that I ordered the paperback. And the paperback isn't really... Ah, right. Enough. So I'll back. I've got you. Yeah, got so you. I cancelled it. And I got ah, you went the for the cheap one. No, no, no. Because I prefer paperback. <laughs> Save a few quid. Man, no, man I, When I read, I fold over the front. I find hardbacks just really awkward for some reason. I prefer a paperback. So when I went back on, I just cancelled it. Bought the paperback, and it literally came the next day. And I was just like, oh, That's hilarious. waiting like nine months for this book. And I could have just got it any time. It was funny. That's, that's next on my list. Nice. Good, good. I also highly recommend um, for entrepreneurs the Netflix book. Mm. Read that. That was great. That would that, that would never work. It's called. Interesting Netflix book. Is and is, has that got anything to do with their? Um, you know, every few years it does the rounds, but it's their uh, manifesto document. Yeah, it's in there as well. Right. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It's almost that that document was almost like an unwritten rule when they started the yeah. their company. It just yeah. like evolved into, you know, the existing culture. And then I think at one point in time, um, when they kind of um, you know grew and grew, they decided to actually like write it down and document it because mm. it was it was unspoken. It was like an unwritten rule that was just mm. the culture. And mm. but as they grew, they obviously had to have a handbook for new employees as to you know this is this is how we do things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But yeah, the way they run the company is just amazing and it's been forward thinking from mm. however many years ago it started. Um, mm. That was brilliant. I read Creativity Inc. as well about Pixar. Yeah, I mean, again, that's, you know, that came out when we probably were at the start of our careers and um, that's always a, a, a book. It's a book I haven't got around to reading actually, but yeah, it's a book that mm. I know is um, is super popular. And yeah, again, man, similar company, you know, very yeah. open-minded, very forward-thinking, um, you know, creativity first and, yeah. you know, not giving structure to that and not giving, not confining people to, you know, what most corporate companies would. Um, so I think I just picked up a lot of cool stuff from those just to, mm-hmm. you know, how to scale, how to keep yeah. your culture, mm-hmm. you know, what that looks like, man management especially. Mm-hmm. They were both great. Um, and I also read the... Pep Guardiola book, The Barcelona Way. Oh, you read that one? I've read yeah. Pep Confidential. Oh, I haven't that got that one. Really good. Sick. Yeah, I've got I've got one of the Pep books. I've, um, 
I think I've got the one Moz, Moz mentioned. I need, yeah, I haven't got that's the newer one. Now. I think the okay. first one, yeah, one that I read is is from. from Balagay is the one I've got. No, I see. I've got the other one from the German. Okay. It's, it's from okay. his first season at Bayern, and this German was allowed access into the dressing room and wrote a a, a book based on that and conversations with Pep and past players and stuff. It's really interesting. Right. Okay. Is it the same? I, mine's written by Damien Hughes. Don't know if it's the same. Mm, no. It basically, it's not a biography. It kind of takes, um, I guess, moments within his career and then analyzes his management style and the impact that it had and mm. it goes into like kind of, I guess, analytical and it breaks it all down. It's amazing, man. You know, the, the lengths he goes to, to, to win and to inspire people. Yeah. You seen that? What's that Barcelona? Have you seen that Barcelona documentary? The one, not the Ratukan one, um, but there was a there was a there's a Barcelona documentary that is wicked that covers you know that that Pep Guardiola two seasons or three seasons where they're yeah. just unbeatable. Um, really good documentary, and it's it's with the players. Messi's included in there. They they do talking heads, and they just talk about they talk about the United game where they beat United at Wembley, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. And know uh, you got Rio just talking about how they were just unplayable that day. They were just there was you know Fergie just was like, there's nothing you can do about it when players are just on form like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's fan, it's fascinating um, that elite athlete mentality. I really miss playing ball. I really miss playing. <laughs> I really miss playing ball. I really, you know, it's um, to to a, to a standard. You know, whether it's Sunday league or whatever. I miss. I miss the AC Finchley days. I miss the Edgware Town days. Mm-hmm. I miss the camaraderie. I miss the competitiveness of, of playing football. And you know, again, um, I think this is why I've enjoyed cycling because I, uh, you know, I have. I now have an, an opponent. Opponent. I now have an adversary. Mm-hmm. Which is it's interesting because your bike is both your friend and your nemesis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah. Have you been watching the last dance? I watched the first half an hour. It's um, I can't wait. I might actually watch some this evening. Breeze, Breeze at home for the day. She's having a rest day from from helping me out. Bless you, Bree. I love you. Um, so once I've done a bit of admin, I might might um, start again on the first episode. I know it's amazing. I know it's. I'll probably end up. I'll probably end up end up doubling my cadence because I'm so gassed. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll be cycling Bro. too far. <laughs> if you miss if you miss football now. Yeah. Oh, in a no, week's time, you, when you've done the series, you'll be crying, bro. Oh, have, you, mate. have you ever watched um, the 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 NFL series at the beginning of each season when they go into a locker room? What's it called? Um, hard knocks, where they go into oh, a locker no. room of one I've team for the season. I've seen clips like that makes me miss yeah. playing, man. Because it's yeah. like you see the banter they have between mm. each other, like the way yeah, they yeah, have yeah. to work and do their drills, and you're just like, yeah. oh, man, I do miss that. Like, yeah, putting in sure. that work and knowing knowing like what you're going to get out, and then trying to implement it on a Saturday or a Sunday. Mm, mm. The, the Jordan one's just fascinating because you know the way that he led people is just second mm. to none man you know his mindset his drive you know he he was almost like superhuman at times man you know his ability to just channel his energy and you know mm. lead people and inspire and like he's a force of nature man mm. and then, do you know what's fascinating as well in the, one of the last episodes he got quite teary about um, whether uh, they they kind of asked him, they posed him the question, you know, do you think that people um, will look at you in a more negative light, um, almost as if like you're not a nice guy? And that kind of hit him. And he was like, you know what? Like, I don't fucking care what they think because I'm a winner. 
right? I, I, I had to do what I had to do to win. Um, but you could see that, you know, when he teared up about it, you know, like anyone, you know, you long for that acceptance. Mm. So he almost had to sacrifice mm. that part of, you know, people's acceptance to be a winner. Mm. Um, and it's, it's just fascinating because, you know, you have to make sacrifices. And, mm. and but look, you look at any serial winner, it's the same. And you look at Ronaldo, you look at Lewis Hamilton, you look at Michael Schumacher, you look at... Um, Djokovic, Federer's like there's 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 elements to them where you think like rah like, mm. but it's because they're so focused on that winning element. Mm-hmm. That's you know you do have to make sacrifices along the way, and I think that goes with anything in life. You know you have to make a sacrifice along the way, not in maybe not in such a like big way, but like mm. you do have to make a sacrifice somewhere along the line to kind of get to 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 where it is you want to feel or do or be or you know and it's. It is bad. I need to watch that as well, man. I think I might. Yeah, man. Some it. of the stories where these guys came from is like mind blowing. Scotty Pippen was homeless. Like, mm. it's just nuts, man. You know, the, again, going back to what we were saying at the start, talking about, you know, through adversity comes greatness. Like, you know, these guys came from like the depths, man. Like, the shit that they had to turn around. Like, it's, it's so inspiring on so many levels. You know, we all think we've got our problems, but, you know, yeah. when, you deep, when you deep what these guys achieved, considering where they came from, like, sky's the limit, man. You know, you can achieve anything. If these guys did it, you know, Scotty mm. Pippen homeless, you know, to becoming like, a four times world mm. champion, like, mm. do anything you want, man. Just got to put your mind to it. That's it. Mamba mentality, isn't it? <laughs> Mamba mentality. Putting your mind to hitting a the bike, man, Joe. This- yeah, man. It's, that's a good segue because, you know, on the, on the bike, I've had some, um, I've been lucky to have some elite athletes join me. I've had um, Steve Bate, who's two-time gold-winning Paralympic cycling champion. Um, she's just levels, um, you know, and I've got, you know, this guy who, <laughs> yeah, who's an elite Paralympian coming on to, to join me on live, telling me what I'm doing is incredible and telling me what I'm doing is hard work. And, uh, you know, it's mind-blowing. But, you know, each of the people I've spoken to, you know, um, Alex Booth, you know, England international, um, you know, um, David Flatman, Flats, former England international, uh, Laura Scott, endurance cyclist. And mm-hmm. each of each, the conversation with each of them has been around mentality. You know, you, your body will, on a bike, will put one foot in front of the other. Those rotations will do the job. What will stop you is your mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's been incredibly fascinating being able to talk to elite athletes about their mindset. And, you know, they are normal human beings you know when I was talking to Flats this afternoon um, you know eight England rugby caps played for, for the Saris and played for Bath and he he'd done his podcast with Sir Chris Hoy yesterday mm. and uh, Sir Chris was talking about talent and he said talent is uh, you know natural talent doesn't exist he's like natural talent doesn't exist because you need that dedication, you need that commitment, you need that drive to first of all compete and then you need that drive and commitment and determination to win. And so, you know, we'll look at players, all the players we've mentioned, whether it's Serena Williams or whether it's Cristiano, and we'll say they've got natural talent. The hours, the hours, Mm -hmm. the hours, the pain, (laughs) the recovery, the rehabilitation they've put in to being the best athletes on the planet you know, we can't even fathom. But when you start to understand that mentality, you start to push yourself in, in ways that you, you never thought were possible. And so, yeah, with, with me on this bike, that's what I'm doing in my own small way. Um, you know, excellence with us without adversary is the mantra for today. 
Um, so, you know, we keep alluding to this, this, this bike, my new friend, the challenge. So I, um, my, my friend and my mentor, Ben Chatfield, um, also plays, played a pivotal part in uh, Manzi's life and, and Moz knows him to a lesser extent, but has, has been connected to him as well. Was unfortunately diagnosed with uh, stage four glioblastoma multiform last summer, which is uh, stage four brain cancer. Um, this was uh, about a month before his, his first child, Ruby, was born, um, which was obviously horrific and unfortunate timing. Mm. But, you know, God bless Ruby and God bless his wife, Victoria, who, you know, gave birth to, to beautiful Ruby. And, you know, she, she'll, she'll be coming up to one this July. Um, unfortunately, Ben's chemotherapy, radiotherapy treatment hasn't had the desired effect. And so we're at a point now in his treatment where it's a, a life prolonging treatment required as opposed to anything else that may be able to, to, to um, sustain him longer. So um, a GoFundMe page was started about a month ago. Um, friends of Ben Chatfield on GoFundMe. And um, again, this was in, you know, right bang in the middle of lockdown. Um, the GoFundMe page was started to, for us to right, raise funds for uh, Ben's life prolonging treatment of Vastin, which isn't available in the NHS. Um, cost £10,000 per two week cycle. So 20 grand a month. Um, and incredibly, you know, the target was like, was to, to, to get Ben to Ruby's first birthday in July. The target remains to get Ben to at least Ruby's first birthday in July, God willing, um, and beyond. Incredibly, we smashed the target of 60 grand within 25 hours, which is just unbelievable, but is a measure of the man Benjamin mm -hmm. Chatfield it is a measure of the people whose lives he's touched. Um, and so you know, that was an amazing thing because we reached the target without having to fundraise in the traditional sense. People just gave out of their generosity and altruism. But for me, it was important for me to pay homage in some way to the man to, to make that sacrifice physically and emotionally uh, and to say thank you to the people who had given to the man that I love so much. So I can't, I can't remember how I came up with it. I think, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. It just came in my head. I was like, I'm going to cycle from Wimbledon to Saint-Tropez. Um, and I can't cycle from Wimbledon to Saint-Tropez because we're in lockdown properly. So I'm going to do it indoors in my mum's living room. On an Why are those two bike. destinations? Um, those two destinations specifically because um, Ben is a... A Wimbledon fanatic absolutely loves Wimbledon has has been going to Wimbledon for the past 30 years from as long as he can remember um he wrote a book about you know his escapades and and highs and lows being a, a Wimbledon fanatic called standing in line go copy Amazon and all other good bookshops and some rubbish ones as well um and then Saint-Tropez because he's a he's a he's a great francophile. He is a lover of all things French um, and the um, you know uh, Mediterranean Europe. Um, you know speaks French fluently. You'd never know he was an Englishman if you heard him speak French. You know, that's why I've got my my uh, my French casquette, otherwise known as a hat, on. Sending Ben courage. Allez, 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 allons-y. Um, and yeah, so that's why I decided to cycle those two places and, you know, two of his spiritual homes, really. Um, we're cycling via Cannes, which is another important place in his life. 
So, um, I started 14 days ago um, and finished finished day 14 at the time of recording, uh, which is a Friday. Um, I have cycled 918.4 kilometers, which is equivalent to 49 hours of cycling, three and a half hours a day, 65.6 kilometers a day. Um, and there's seven days left. So it's been an incredible experience. It's all being streamed on Instagram live um, at Jogan Mokun. So at J-O-G-N-M-K-N. Um, and it's just a beautiful place of, of, um, of love, support, you know, um, courage uh, and, uh, you know, any other positive superlatives I can think of. I mean, I don't want to big it up myself. You guys have both been in that room um, when I've been cycling my three and a half hours a day for the last 14 days. And, and uh, you know, hopefully you can attest to the, the joy that is that is shared mm-hmm. in that room. Yeah, and it's been, I mean, you know, it's a special uh, a thing to me as it is to you, you know, and to see the people coming in every day, checking in, whether it be for 10 minutes or staying for, you know, all of the different segments, hours and things and the and the, the creativity that's come out of that, like we were talking about earlier, it's just been mind-blowing. And not only that, like the amount that people are then taking action to, to donate, um, it's yeah man it's moved me a lot really not just obviously because i know how much you're putting into it and how much it means to you but also like how much people are backing that cause um it's been yeah man been really really proud of you man to see you do it but also you know it's it's going to such an amazing thing and do you, do you know how much has been raised over that 14 day period um, yes i do i don't know at the time of us speaking but it's um yeah 13 grand mate 13 grand we've raised in, in 14 days which is uh i don't know i i, I don't know <laughs> you know i've never I, i've always wanted to do the london marathon i've always wanted to fundraise i've always i don't know if this is an achievement i don't know if this is normal i don't have a benchmark I, you know i'm not really thinking about it i'm just going I want to raise as much money for Ben, friends of Ben Chatfield, the GoFundMe, and you know, and for the Royal Marsden Cancer Charity who have been treating Ben and supporting him. So for me, it's just every day, like I said, put one leg, one foot in front of the other, keep cycling, keep entertaining, and keep um, keep people donating. So our our target was sixty grand. When I started, we were at around eighty eight grand at the time of speaking. Um, we're now at, uh, we're at 88 grand? Where were we at? No, 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 no. Do a live, sorry, sorry. Do a live run in total. No, now. we're at 78 grand. Yeah, 78 grand or 80 grand. I've lost count. I don't know. It's <laughs> all the money. Sort of, I was, oh, you've got so much money coming in. Anyway. 94, 94,000 pounds. We're on ninety four. We're on ninety four. So we we shift. Amazing. I shifted the target. I was it, I was very scared because in when I started, <laughs> we were yeah. We were 13 grand below that. So whatever that is, <laughs> um, 89 or whatever it is. And um, I said to myself, I want to hit 100 grand. That is my prayer. That is my wish. I want to raise 100 grand so we can cover as much treatment for Ben. And once, you know, uh, medical costs are covered, the remainder of the money is going to go to the Royal Marsden Cancer Charity. I want my sacrifice, our sacrifice, and the, 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 the donations that are coming in to, to reach a hundred grand so we can really make a difference. And, mm-hmm. and 
but I was really scared to to verbalize that. I was really scared to to put it out there because I didn't want to. I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to put something out there and fail. And I remember having a conversation with Uncle Weedo, Paul Weedon, who is uh, another mentor of ours and a, a good friend of Ben, and you know, speaks to him most days. And he's, you know, he's a very confident, confident and assured man, very, yeah. very direct. Yeah. And he said, "Mate, you know, at this point, I think we'd we'd made five grand in like six days or something." He's like, "Mate, we're good. You're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it." <laughs> You've got to start saying it. You've got to start saying it. You've got yeah, to start telling to people. It, it. Mm-hmm. You know, so at this point, we were probably at 85. And I was going, man, that's 15 grand. That's 15 grand in the next 10 days. It's like, you've got to start saying it. You've got to start telling people that's what your target is. And so about two or three days ago, I said it. You know, um, we had a we had an interview with BBC Radio London on the Vanessa Felt show, a quick little segment. And it was the first time I, I mentioned it. And I said, you know, the target is now 100 grand. So I put it... You know, I didn't leave it in the Insta full of 20 odd, 30 odd people. I, I went, I went, you know. Nationwide with nation, it. Nationwide, well, you know, well, citywide with it. Um, and that was it. And you know what? And the funny thing is, the day that it went out, it went out in the morning, that day was the lowest total we'd received. <laughs> and it really threw me a bit because up until that point, we, we hadn't made any less than 300 a day. Mm. And we were making more. And the day the BBC Radio London gig went out, we made about 120 quid. And I was like, rah. I thought, like, this was it. I thought this is what was this is what was gonna make us go stratospheric. And you know, Brie, bless her heart, my, my beautiful girlfriend, was um, she was like, you know, and, and Paul said it as well, it's like there's gonna be peaks and troughs. Don't don't get stuck on that. You're doing an amazing thing. And we're doing it in a period where you know money is hard to come by and that is why i'm even more grateful that's something that's really important for me to mention actually is that i'm so grateful that this is happening in a Mm. period where people don't have necessarily have their safety nets um and people are potentially struggling and so i know that there will be a mix of people who are able to give in the same way they would have been able to give Mm pre-lockdown but there are also people who are giving who don't necessarily have a job or don't have a lot and you know, there's a there's a famous story in the Bible about you know how much the you know the poor the the pauper giving more than the rich man because he gave everything he had and the rich man only gave a small amount, and it's not to say that that's a comparison as part of this, but it's just the importance of gratitude to to giving however small because it means something. So I'm so so grateful to everyone mm. who's donated from five pound to five thousand pound. It's just incredible. Mm. Um, so yeah, so. A few days, you know, a few days after the uh, the BBC Radio London gig, we it started to pick up a little bit more. And overnight, basically, we went up another seven grand. You know, we were struggling to hit that 90 grand mark. And I really woke me up this morning at about, well, I woke up at like five o'clock, 5.15 this morning to start the day. <clears throat> and I saw Brie was online. I was like, she'd gone home. Like I said, she'd gone home for rest day. And I was like, oh, what's, what's happened? Oh, like, you know, I started panicking and stressing. Why is she up at five o'clock in the morning? Like, only I should be up at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I call her. No, she's like, I'm like, what's the matter? Are you okay? She's like, call me, call me, call me. I was like, okay, what, what, what is it? She's like, Bob, have you, looked, have you looked at the GoFundMe page? I'm like, yeah, someone donated a thousand pounds yesterday. It was amazing. I told you someone did that yesterday. It's incredible. She's like, no, look again. Looked again, an incredible woman, um, a credible woman, incredible donor who I don't know, 
donated five thousand pounds um, wow. overnight, which is just I don't know yeah. if she has any connection to to Ben. I don't know mm. if she, but you know, and then she isn't. And and what's incredible, she isn't the first person to donate that sort of number to this mm. fun, this fundraiser. There's been incredible donations of five thousand, four thousand, three thousand, two thousand, one thousand pounds, as well as incredible donations of five, ten, fifteen, and twenty. Um, but to wake up to that this morning whilst I was sitting on the bog, you know, crying my eyes out because it was just so overwhelming that, you know, for the last three days I was starting to panic, not panic, but I was just like, Oh, I'm not going to reach that target, but I'm going to be really grateful for whatever target I reach. And for someone, a stranger to somehow, for some reason, take us through the next stage. It's just that, you know, it's almost like we were, we felt like we were in quicksand Mm-hmm. Um, and we're wading through it and we're getting to the edge and you're going, I know I'm going to make it, but this is really getting difficult now. And then all of a sudden someone reaches their hand out and goes, come on, let's go. And, and it just, you know, it was just tears. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I've, I've cried every day. There's been moments and today was another incredible moment. And, you know, I cried again on the bike today and, you know, it was a real party atmosphere. If you want to go and see, you know, how fun it was, look at day 14 on uh, my IGTV and there's, a, there's like six or seven episodes on there. But if you look at the last two or three episodes, you'll see how, again, the love and joy being shared in that room mm. is fantastic. For, and it's a love and joy, you know, bringing strangers together, bringing old friends together, new friends. And, you know, like I said, the new family, Energy, Energy Crew, T-shirts available soon. All proceeds going to the Friends of Ben Chatfield um, uh, GoFundMe page. But, yeah, it's been incredible. So we go again. Um, we 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 finish. We get to the finish line, Saint Tropez, on the twenty third of May. Um, hopefully, we're going to have some some beautiful things happen on that day as well. Um, and it's going to be a party. So mm. yeah, please please come and join us. And and if you can and you have the ability, please uh, please do donate as well. Friends of Ben Chatfield, mm. GoFundMe. Yeah, man, it's been an incredible journey, man. And like I said, man, I'm I'm just proud of you, and I'm proud of. See, I mean, even even if you didn't get to the ninety grand and it stopped at eighty nine, that mate to to go nearly forty grand over the original target it is like phew, it's insane, man. It's it's absolutely incredible, and I think you know you you undervalue how much five pound can go. Mm-hmm. Like I was looking at the the uh, the donation list there as you were talking. There's like five pounds, ten pounds, fifteen pounds, twenty pounds, five pounds, twenty pounds, and it's like those little figures like. Phew, they go a long way. It doesn't seem like much, but it's like mm. you put them all together. Wow. Mm. Like, mm. and for it's such incredible. an amazing thing. It's... I mean, what, if, you, if you still got it up in front of you, I think there's friend, now yeah. been 719 donors or from what I last saw, 719. Mm. 759, people. it says. 759. There Crazy. you go. Mm. 759 donors. Not now. Listen, Ben's a popular man and he's an incredible man, but he definitely doesn't know 750 people. <laughs> so, you know, that generosity and altruism, and it's a friend telling a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. And, you know, that's one of the catchphrases and the messages I'm, I'm putting out every day is tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. It's a heart-wrenching story. But again, we're creating a place of love and support. And, you know, you know, like I said, for people to, to, to come into that room because it gives them a, a bit of escapism when they're, you know, people living on their own who don't, who are finding it really difficult and to just. <sighs> yeah, I know, man. I've got tears, man. It's, it's, I'm, I'm just scrolling down this list and just looking at the names, the figures. And it's just like, it just it overwhelms you, man. It's a lot of people yeah. man, for such a amazing cause, you know, so. 
That's thank you for doing it, man. Yeah, to, thank you for doing it. Thank you for you know raising the awareness for Ben. You know, like it's more than it's more than. Do you know what I mean? It's become more than that. It's it's mad. It sounds crazy because that's the goal. The goal is to to get the money to to that you know hundred grand figure now, which wasn't the original figure. It's crazy that it's even at that stage, and it's it's become more than that, man. It's yeah. I think it's uh, the focus of the, of the conversation is, of course, the money. But I think, you know, like I said, it was a meditative thing. And it's um, for me, it's uh, it, it's important for me to um, ensure his legacy. You know, his legacy was always going to be there for sure. But I think from a selfish perspective, I just needed the way to shout from the rooftops how important this man was to me and to so many, how important this man is to me and is to so many people and exactly. will be for the, for, forever. And then, and so, yeah, it's not the, the hundred grand. Yeah, the hundred grand doesn't matter, you know, mm. or, or however much it's going to be that we've made from this segment of the fundraiser. What what matters and what is make, what makes me emotional and what makes me so proud and, 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 and in love with everyone is that, you know, we're all celebrating Ben and his legacy in such a beautiful and um and loving and over overpowering way it's uh, it's it's mm. just incredible and i could never have imagined like i said the organic way in which it has come together i just knew i was going to get on a bike and i was going to cycle mm. three and a half mm. hours a day and it was going to be 65.6 kilometers and i wanted people to um i didn't know i didn't know there was nothing there was nothing else that was it that's all i knew on mm. day one all i knew was that i was going to be on instagram live I was going to be cycling three and a half hours a day, 65.6 kilometers, women of Saint-Tropez because I love Ben. That's it. Mm-hmm. And where it's gone now is just, is, is, is mind-blowing. Mm. So, and we're, we're 100% yeah. doing it for real once we're allowed to. Yeah, like, well, well, yeah it's, it I mean, let's do it. We're doing oh, it. Bro. Listen, like I've I said, jokes every time, like, we're doing it. I don't care. No, I don't no, care 100%. Walk it, crawl it, we're doing it. Listen, uh, this, this is, this is, I've, I've, I've always tried to find a way to expand um, my my intention to share love and affection, and weirdly, it seems it's going to be through the the medium of cycling. Um, you know, I've fallen in love with the sport. It's an incredible sport. It's a meditative sport. It's a grueling sport. It's a rewarding sport. Um, and you know, I'd love the opportunity to you know grow in the sport myself, and I love the opportunity you know cycling's an expensive sport and the, again, the only reason I could do this, the only reason I could afford to buy the shit I'm wearing to do everything is because Ben got me into advertising and yeah. allowed and grew me into a career that could afford me a, 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 a beautiful life you know money isn't everything, but it's a lot, it afforded me to be able to buy stuff and create situations that you know money sometimes um is the, is the only obstacle. And so um, I'd love to help kids. I'd love to help working class kids. I'd love to help kids from the ends access cycling. You know, there, there is a cycling culture in London, you know, it's BMXs and wheelie and down Oxford street in gangs of two, 300. And it's positive. I love that. I love that the yeah. youths are doing that. But, you know, I was saying, who was it? You, I was saying it to Moz. Yeah. I think, yeah. About like, there's a there's a steely determination that comes from from working class kids, you know, like kids from the ends, kids from the state, black kids, Bain kids, whatever it is, that when we put our minds to something, when those kids put their minds to something, whether it be a sport or whether it be access to something else, they are the best. Without a shadow of a doubt, they are the best. 
they they always become winners, right? And there's a, there's obviously a lack of of um, of, of what well, you know from a personal perspective. There's certainly a lack of black cyclists mm. in in the UK. Um, I don't think there are any black um, Olympic or British cyclists. And so, you know, off the back of this, you know, whilst I'm sitting there meditating about, you know, meditating about the the cycle and, and what could what could grow from this, that's one of certainly one of my intentions is mm. how can we take cycling to um, to these kids, get them into a competitive cycling, and you know, hopefully one day have uh, you know a, a, a black Tour de France winner from the UK, <laughs> from from inner city London or inner city Birmingham or wherever it might be. You know, that would be incredible. <laughs> Well, it'd be it'd be the you know the energy, energy cycling energy. club, yeah, it'd be the energy <laughs> cycling club, or you know you know the friends. But we'll we'll come up with it, you know, whatever it will be. But it's it's taken it's um, it's taken form, and Amazing. it will be something that will will last forever. There will be a legacy. The legacy will be Ben's legacy. Um, we will do the cycle, and I will make that um, I will make that pilgrimage every year without a shadow mm. of a doubt for as long as my my legs. Um, hold up and then once that happens i'll just fly it um so <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah it's um there's there's a lot of beautiful things coming i am yeah. sure and you know again we've built there was already a family of us separately people who knew each other people who didn't and now you know in the last 14 days there's there's a family coming together the energy energy crew and we're going to do some some beautiful things i have no doubt and and i, I appreciate you both for your support most thank you so much brother for for your donation thank you so much for you know hooking me up with the bike it was it was getting t- touch and go bless ruth ruth hawkins lending me her roger black argos exercise bike that's uh <laughs> It's that still being Cali. Oh, mate, I would have been cycling backwards, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thank you, thank you, Moz, for, for sorting that out. I really appreciate it. And, and Mandy, thank you for, for letting us onto this platform to, to share Ben's story and, and to hopefully, you know, um, well, to, to keep his legacy alive mm-hmm. and um, to, to take it to the next stage, whatever that may be. Of course, man. Pleasure. Congrats, yeah. brother. Thank yeah, you, brothers. Proud, proud, proud of you, man. Proud I of love you. you both. I love you both. Yeah, Thank you so much. Love you both too, man. Any any final thoughts from either of you on anything? Life, uh, um, books. Well, I was Back I in. was gonna I was gonna say something, but I forgot. Um, no, I think you know, man. So I think just just keep doing what you're doing um, to the best of your ability, brother. It's um, you know, it is, it is hard to start something and it is hard to put yourself out there. Um, and you know, you're going on a, on a, you're, you're going on your own journey whilst sharing it with others. And I think that's a very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You can edit this in it. You could just cut this and then there's no gaps, but that's a very, uh, what's the bloody word I'm looking for? Anyway, Noble, cathartic. Noble, yeah, it's a noble. Something. Noble, it's, a, it's a it's a synonym of noble, but it's 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 a great thing you're doing. But and it's it's just important that you, you keep doing it and you keep that you keep a semblance and sense of authenticity that, and you keep a vulnerability that people know that you are going on your own journey whilst you are sharing it with them, and that you continue to use your platform for people to share their thoughts and their feelings with you as much as you are sharing your thoughts and feelings with them. And as long as you do that, no one can ever challenge you for what you are doing. Mm -hmm. As long as you keep your intention pure, no one can ever challenge you. And for as long as you keep 
your heart and mind connected to the universe, good things will come to you, my brother. So yeah, keep it up. Um, we, we, are, we are proud of you and uh, we just want you to keep doing the best you can. Appreciate it, man. It means a lot to me. It's like, it's funny how you say like having people, a platform for people to share and, and, and express themselves on, on, you know, like in my Instagram or whatever, like my DMs are so lit, like in a, in that, in that sense, like it's crazy. Like the conversations I'm having with people at the minute is, it's deep, like it's mad. And it's just like, I'm very thankful for that, that, that that there is that people do feel like that it is a space for that. They can do that. Even if it's just like, I'm the only, some people like I've never like said that to anyone. I'm like, wow. Like I'm very thankful that, you know, through sharing my journey, my experiences and the growth that I'm continually going through that people have that level of comfort, you know? And I feel like it's, that's, that's part of the, the important side of the message for me is like the journey is what you're going through at all times. It's like, it's fine to be one way or the other. Like there's nothing wrong with it. As long as you can have that level of awareness and, and accept it, you know, mm. that's it, man. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But thank you. It means a lot to me, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're welcome, man. You're welcome. Just, yeah, just, just, yeah. Keep it legit. Keep it positive. Course, keep it man. honest. Keep it sincere. And as long as you do that, then uh, long, long may it continue. Smashed it. <laughs> Don't know what to say oh, after that. I'm actually speechless. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well done. Is that is that the wrap? I think it is. Yeah. Unless Moz has got anything he wants to add, final words, thoughts, feelings. Not really. Couldn't have. Uh executed it any better myself congrats mm. on everything i think we all just need to keep pushing mm. and leave this world better than we came into it mm. and i think that's part of the beauty of what each of us are doing is we're doing that in our own way you know and i think that's part of what i love about our friendship and like watching both of you grow from my point of view is like seeing that element of trying to do that in in our own ways leaving the world a better place than you know how we entered it and it's that's that moves me a lot man even even if we don't speak as much as we probably should you know these days it's still you know we carry that with each other man we're, we're brothers you know above being friends and it's 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 a deeper connection than that you know so so there we have it i really hope that you enjoyed that episode and as i said at the beginning you know that really really means a lot to me having those guys on having that chat i don't think we've actually hung out together <laughs> this year because obviously I was away at the start of the year and then lockdown happened so we haven't actually hung out and had a, a chat like that as a threesome together so it's really really special for me to be able to do that here and on the podcast and for you guys to listen and hopefully take something from the conversation as well and if you've been moved by Ben's story and the fundraiser which Joe is currently undertaking that would mean a lot to me if you could support by visiting friends of Ben Chatfield on GoFundMe every little donation really really does help and I cannot stress that the link below in the show notes of this episode so you can go there check it out find out more information about Ben's story and if you liked what you heard in this episode please leave a review and even better hit the subscribe button so you get the latest episode straight to your phone and as ever guys you can connect with me on Instagram at I am Alex Manzi you can hit me up you can say hello you can even let me know what you thought of this very episode but until then thank you for listening I will see you for the next episode This podcast is produced by Unedited.